podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Uh, right, folks, um, we're on with myself, Ryan, um, for today. James, unfortunately, can't make it, but we do have um, two folks who I think you'll uh, really enjoy listening to. We've got Shay and Mr. TJ from Hardcore Honeys. Uh, Hardcore Honeys are, is a weekly podcast where uh, be Determined Honey and Jade Johnson share their opinions on all things NBA-related Moderator Taylor does his best to obviously try and keep the whole thing from coming off the rails. Tune in as they share their hot takes, have some laughs, and Jade tries to tease uh, Timberwolves fan Taylor a bit too much. So, as well, uh, into this whole Rocket saga that's going on. Um, so, um, Taylor, what, what's your take on how the Rockets and how uh, Harden are really kind of handling what's going on there? I feel bad for the entire like Rockets team. Because what those players are being put through just because of Harden having a hissy fit is affecting everyone. Um, I know for a fact also that the owner of the Rockets is really scummy and is going bankrupt. So hopefully if they can get rid of him and then get rid of Harden, they can get this get the franchise back on track. I'm not a Houston fan, but like I said, what this what these players are being put through, like John Wall's trying to have a comeback season. I've always been a John Wall fan. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, Boogie, he's just trying to figure out where he is in the NBA. And then also you got Chris Wood, who's a young up-and-coming guy, who's on my fantasy and is killing it right now. So I'm happy with that. The only problem is Harden is also on my fantasy team because I accidentally drafted him. Yeah, that was a rough one for me. Wow. So yeah. yeah, that was rough. But I then also just think about how Harden, like at practice, he threw a basketball at his rookie. Like he went at his rookie. Like, how are you how are you benefiting your team acting like this? Um, it's not even like when Timberwolves had like Jimmy Butler and said, like, you need me and stuff like that. It wasn't necessarily attacking the team, it was just a point out, like, come on, guys, like this is obvious. Why am I getting overlooked with things? But yeah, I've already had my piece with that. Um, but I just, it's right now, I just feel bad for everyone involved with that. Like new coach, players, I don't care about the owner. I'm actually glad that he's going through this personally. And I'm glad Harden's going through this kind of stress thing. But that's my take with it. I feel bad for the team, but Harden and the owner deserve to leave. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's what a lot of people are kind of sensing uh, that's kind of come out from that. Shay, what, what's your kind of feelings on it? Well, as someone who follows the Oklahoma City Thunder, I will say that the latest situation with Harden and the team not respecting COVID protocol was just a, a complete blow at the beginning of our season. I was so excited for that first game. I mean... I didn't really think we had a chance of winning. I think right now Oklahoma City is kind of doing a whole tank situation, except for we did win last night's game against Charlotte. But eh, that, that might that be was, our one win. <laughs> that, that was some game, though. That was some game. Charlotte really tried to make a ball game within, like, the last 40 seconds. Yeah, um, no, 
it, it was it really it really helped my fantasy league. That was that was really good for me actually because I've got Horford. So it's like yeah, go to overtime. It, well, I thought they were going to go into overtime, and it, that's the type of game where I wouldn't have completely minded because it was such a good game. You didn't want it to end just because they kept it neck and neck. There was like they're both struggling as teams, so it could have gone either way. Um, but yeah, you know, still maybe it is technically a better season opener for Oklahoma City, but I still am upset because I wanted that, you know, that December uh, 23rd game. I was excited. I had my day planned around it. And then uh-huh. the latest Harden stuff, just the, the latest Houston news was what did it. And so it's hard because Oklahoma City already had a, a, a game that was delayed this year, which was the March 11th game in Oklahoma City against the Jazz, but that was Rudy Gobert. And so the fact that it's always Oklahoma City that kind of gets the the brunt of whoever is not following these COVID protocols is just annoying. So I am not a big fan of Houston. I am so happy that Russell Westbrook left as, again, a former Oklahoma City star. I want to see him succeed. And I'm just happy that he left before this got worse because it did. Somehow it got worse. And yeah, so I'm, I just, I want it to be over. I want to stop talking about Houston, but then they keep doing this stuff that we have to talk about. Yeah. I mean, Harden does stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I think, I think he is just trying to make it into a whole kind of series just about him. I think the whole fact that, the he still hasn't got to that the promised land of the finals like this will be his almost his legacy will be based around this year uh, about all the stuff that'll come out like where he ends up will he end up in in a good place for him or will he just end up in a place where he's just left there to rot um right. I, I really don't know where where he's going to end up but i hope i hope for basketball's sake i hope he ends up somewhere good where we can actually enjoy watching harden i know it's quite hard to say enjoy watching harden when when all he seems to do is flop but I think he does have that like, kind of personality where you either love him or hate him. You'd love him on your team, but you you wouldn't want him playing against your team. Um, yeah. And I just I really do hope that he gets back to playing just normal basketball and keeps the kind of outdoor stuff, you know, separate from the the main NBA. Um, I actually um, can I agree with you the whole the whole uh, Oklahoma City thing. Um, I, I actually had a trip booked all the way to um, see Oklahoma v Dallas um, in. Back in Easter, so when the whole um, COVID thing was happening, I was absolutely gutted because I was I was going to get to see um, oh. Doncic in person. Because last year I did go and see uh, the Mavs v Memphis, but Doncic was out injured or resting, oh. um, so really really gotten for me uh, again. But obviously, it should it should hopefully all turn out turn out all right. Um, but yeah, um, on on the back of the Rocket saga, obviously they've now played their first game. And Harden, along with Christian Woods, obviously, uh, you were just saying earlier, uh, Taylor, Christian Woods absolutely balling out. Uh, so basically, it was Harden, Christian Wood, and seven strippers take down the Blazers <laughs> to overtime, <laughs> which was, you know, insane. Um, I watched that game and I just thought, well, you know, I couldn't believe that Harden and Christian Wood, with that random scrub team, was just serving it right to uh, Dame Lord. And CJ, and there was like there was nothing they could do about it. Um, I don't know, I don't know about you guys. Did, did any of you guys watch that game? I caught like glimpses of it, just because right now NBA League Pass until the 29th is free. 
So last night, so Timberwolves were playing. So like, I was like flipping it back and forth, kind of with it. Like Timberwolves had a real good game last night against Utah. So, but like, I also had to. I was checking around stuff, and then when I saw Harden had forty four points, and then I think he had like seventeen assists, and I was like, well. At least he's helping my fantasy team. But then I saw <laughs> CJ McCollum then also had uh, 44 points to go with it too. Like it seemed like a solid battle of two team Houston trying to figure out what's going on. And then I think Portland is also trying to figure out, okay, how can we take the next step right now? Who is it going to be? Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are every other night, one of them's going off, if not both. Last night, CJ McCollum especially, but even Damian Lillard put some stuff on the board. But I am just so surprised and happy with Christian uh, Chris Wood. I, like, I heard his story about how he came up into the league and stuff like that, and it's one of it's it's a Rudy situation. He's coming out of nowhere with it all. Coming off of a Detroit team, which, man... If we want a player, if we want Jard, James Harden to go to a team where he's just going to be in the middle of nowhere, um, send him to Detroit, a team that has <laughs> no real identity right now, or send him to Cleveland. Like those are the two spots I want him to go because then he'll just be lost there. Um, but I was impressed that Harden still showed up, not going to lie. I thought it was going to be a real lackadaisical effort. I did see he went to the free throw line 16 times. So I'm like, well, no wonder you still scored that much. You got to the free throw line literally every other play. But I'm impressed, but I, I'm glad they still – they did they lose? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they lost. And I'm glad they the still lost. Eventually, eventually overcame them. So, and, But, yeah, I mean – I, I I caught the I caught the first half and then caught the last like five minutes and it was it, for my mind it was the whole fact that like Dame and CJ just couldn't get it together at the start of the game and Harden and Christian Wood were just like almost like psychically linked um, and they were just like balling out. Uh, eventually, obviously CJ got it together, but I think that obviously Dame's kind of heart obviously really shines through in that team. And whatever they said uh, to uh, the rest of the team, whatever um, him and uh, Stott said at the at the halftime, it must have really had an effect because I really thought that was going to blow out to to the to the Rockets um, from that first quarter. Um, but yeah, so that that game obviously we're saying there was a few a few games on last night. Um, Timberwolves um, take out a, a close one against the Jazz. I, I again, I was watching that game pretty closely because I've got I've got Carlton Towns in my fantasy league team. Um, somehow he fell to me in the thirteenth pick. I'm not going to question that. I'm just going to be very very thankful. Wow. Um, <laughs> but, wow. Yeah. I I almost I almost had a, a mini kind of heart attack last night when I seen him fall down and he hurt his wrist and I was like, oh no, that's him. He's oh out yeah. The season. But my heart yeah. stopped with that. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think he's all right. He's supposed to be playing oh, tonight. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully he's, he does. He's he's probable. They're gonna see if his wrist flares up. But since Anthony Davis is out tonight, I think we're gonna try to take advantage of him being out. Mm-hmm. And uh I think I think he'll be playing today. He's gonna he's gonna muscle through it. So Yeah. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, so the next little kind of tip out on our on our schedule would be to talk about how the Nets have this fast start. Um, Shay, how kind of sustainable do you think this fast start from KD, Kevin, uh, Steve Nash, and Kyrie can be? 
you know, I was really, really skeptical of the whole net situation just because of the personalities of both Kyrie and Katie. I mean, these are not like, like guys that just kind of go with the flow. I mean, they both kind of have their, their wants, they're very vocal or sometimes passively vocal, you know, with Katie on like Twitter uh, about what they want and how they feel about things. But so far I've been really impressed with the way they are vibing together and with the way that the Nets team is just coming together. I, it seems too good to be true, which is again, what I've been saying about this since the beginning, it's even with Steve Nash coming in, I'm like, this is just like too good to be true. And now that it's kind of working for these first couple of games, I'm like, it's still too good to be true. There's going to be some, there has to be some drama. There has to be something that goes on. Or I, I've been curious how when there's any kind of breakup within the team, maybe they have like a bad game how Steve Nash is someone who is kind of like a golden retriever. Like he's just like a sweet dog, like how he's going to react to say like a fiery Kyrie who's so mad about losing or, you know what I mean? Like the dynamics there are going to be a little bit different. So I I'm excited to watch this go down because it's definitely one of those things that if it continues to succeed, we're just going to get some really beautiful basketball, but if it doesn't, we're just going to get some like, great drama and I I personally love NBA drama as long as it doesn't include James Harden uh so I I kind of want like something to go on because I I love reading and seeing like the the you know like even like on the on the court when there is like little flare-ups going on I'm like oh oh they're gonna fight before the end of the game like I look for that so that's kind of how I feel about Brooklyn right now is I'm kind of like I'm tuned in because even if they don't fight, even if nothing goes down, we're going to get some pretty ball. So I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. I think like, um, I was, I'm still uh, with you there. Very, very skeptical how the Nets are really going to gel throughout this season. They've had obviously a kind of gamey game playing the Golden State Warriors. um, And obviously a kind of hard, more harder fought game against Boston Celtics. Um, I was actually watching that uh, Boston Celtics game with uh, a bit kind of closer eye because I thought the Boston Celtics were going to be kind of fighting for the kind of top three spots as they usually do. And I think like that third quarter, they really just let the games slip away from them. I don't know what Brad Stevens was kind of doing with his rotations, but I did see them miss like four wide open layups uh, when they were only down by four. And that, right. that really turned the game. And like, I think that if they could have got that run together, we would have actually seen the first bit of like pressure on KD and Kyrie. Um, because up on, up until this point, we've not really seen them really be tested. It's really just, oh, um, oh, we need a bit more defense. We'll sub off. We'll get Jared Allen. We'll get Dinwiddie. We'll get Carl Svart, um back on back on the court. And they'll pride us with that defense that we just can't seem to do. Um, whereas we'll just do all the scoring. I, I personally don't see them playing 30 minutes plus every single night, which no. they kinda, they kinda, they're kind of hitting just now, which I don't know. I don't know um, what D'Antoni and Steve Nash are kind of doing playing those two guys who have real injury history mm-hmm. that much this early in the season. So, yeah, I, I'm very much looking forward to the drama and the kind of tension that comes out from either a really bad beat or even just a little niggle of an injury. That, you know, that's 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 what could really upset their season. Uh, Taylor, what's, what's your thoughts on this? Well, my thing, like, I don't 
can they stay healthy? Like you said, they are injury prone. And it's not just to like one consistent body part. It's, oh, he's got a wrist injury. Oh, he's got a knee injury. Now he's got a shoulder injury. And that's kind of for, especially Kyrie the past few years, but also Kevin Durant a little bit. And an Achilles tear is nothing to shy away from. There's very few players that have been able to bounce back from it. I mean, obviously Kevin Durant's pretty much showing that he is back for the most part. But this is also a team where I think they look great, but this is a team where they're going to be the ones that beat themselves. And I can see that I'm curious about when things start, blood starts to boil between it. Who's going to be the leader of the team that calms everyone down? Is it going to be Kyrie? Is it going to be Kevin Durant? Um, I know they brought in Mike D'Antoni for offense and Jacques Vaughn for defense, and they just wanted Steve Nash to focus on the personalities. So I'm curious, can he control those personalities as a coach instead of just as a being a coach and a player, I think is going to be a little bit of a difference for Steve Nash because on the court, he could lead by example and as like a floor general, he can't do that anymore. He's got to rely on, Kyrie and Kevin Durant able to do his game plan for it all or at least to pick up when like I said when blood boils but the Nets are going to be the ones that are going to beat themselves if anything I don't see too many other teams in the east beating them but like you also said there Brian that uh they're not gonna be playing 30 minutes every night so With that limited time, I also feel like this is when that's when the Nets could falter is just the rotations on how they're going to use Dinwiddie because he's he can put 20 points, eight assists up. But are they going to be using him off the bench? Are they going to be starting him with Kyrie Levert? He he's on my fantasy team and he's been doing well for me. I'm curious if they're going to keep him coming off the bench as a six man or if they bump him up to starter. There's a lot of things that I'm curious on what's going to happen with the Nets for the rest of the season with it. So I like the fast start, but sustainable. No. Yeah. I think, I think we're all, I think we're all in kind of agreement there. We don't think that that's going to really keep going. Um, I'm really kind of curious to find out as well, like how much the nice guy in Steve Nash is going to really kind of continue because obviously he went and helped out uh, Steve Kerr for that little bit in Golden State. So I think that once the season gets on a little bit, I think a little bit of a kind of nasty side to him, the way that kind of Steve Kerr kind of gets on in some of his guys, I think that might mm-hmm. start coming out in Steve Nash, which will be kind of strange because whenever I've kind of seen Steve Nash giving interviews and even that, that, that couple of seasons where he was at the Lakers, he was just a nice, nice guy. He didn't really seem to have that kind of bad streak in him, but I think... Obviously, he'll need to show that this year to kind of not not to kind of gain Kyrie and Katie's respect, but to show them who's really in charge. Because I think there's going to come a point where Katie will say, "Oh, no, I'm going to do it this way," and Kyrie will be like, "Oh, but give me the ball, Kevin." And Steve, Steve Nash is going to have to say, "Look, we're running this play. We need to do this. Go and do it." So that that'll be a really strange one to kind of to keep an eye on. Um. <laughs> On the kind of flip side of these kind of fast starts um, with the Nets, we've had three teams have really slow starts, which I'm really, really surprised at. Um, Denver, Dallas, and Toronto. Um, Taylor, what's what's your thoughts on these three teams who obviously are kind of perennial kind of playoff teams almost now? Uh, they've had really, really bad starts to their seasons. 
Dallas, I think it's because so Porzingis is out, and they're trying to trying to see who can be that other consistent scorer. I mean, there is uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. He's a spark, but consistency is still kind of a question for it. Maybe they can see even if they can get a trade in just to bring in somebody else. Uh, Toronto, I think it's also like Jade, our other person for hardcore honeys. Um, and I'm going to have to agree with her. It's the, they've lost Serge Ibaka and Marc Gasol, who were really big for their defense and then also had some key things for their offense. So losing both of them to both LA teams, I think Toronto has to kind of figure out defensively down low, how are they going to, what are they going to do with it? Um, Siakam's great. Uh, Aaron Baines is great, but who's coming off the bench for bigs for them and Denver. I, I got nothing for them. They are just, yeah, they are completely underplaying. Uh, Jokic is in shape. He's playing great right now and they're still not coming up with W's with it. And I know it's still early in the season, but it's a shortened season by a little bit. So each game is a little bit more meaningful than usual, like the usual beginning of the season where you're like, okay, let's figure it out. We won't worry about it as much five games into the season. Like once we get there, like that's actually like a good little bit of the season. So a slow start could really hurt all three of these teams. I think, especially Denver considering they're supposed to be a top three team in the West. So I could see Denver slipping in, uh, the playoff spot just because of this slow start. Toronto, they got a lot of veteran leadership though, so I can see them bouncing back. Dallas will hopefully bounce back once Porzingis is back. So yeah, I, I gotta agree. I, I, I was kind of thinking that uh, Denver might have this kind of like um, almost kind of playoff hangover. They got that so far, and then they obviously came up against LeBron. And when teams come up against LeBron either goes one or two ways and usually it's it's the way that LeBron wins um whereas I think that a lot of people were really high in Jamal Murray and they're thinking oh he can just easily replicate that bubble for him but I think like he's got this much more pressure on his shoulders seeing that he's getting more playing time and and obviously defenses are getting adjusted to how he's really playing that two-man game that we saw in the bubble with him and Jokic might not come to fruition throughout the regular season I think what they'll need to do is they need to throw in a little more a couple more kinks just in their in their arsenal but I do think like uh, and uh, Porter and um, more minutes for Porter will be really really good for them in, in the long run because as we saw in the playoffs he was you know he was lights out at points and if he just fixes his defense and his just awareness on the court he'll be a real good player for that Denver team Um, Shay what's what's your feelings on these three teams So, well, the first thing I want to say is actually my boyfriend just texted me and said, when you have a chance, look at the uh, current Mavs Clippers score. And it is halftime. Mavs are at 77. Clippers are at 27. They are up 50 points at halftime right now. Right now? Wow. What? (laughs) What? Like Is Kawhi playing? He's on my fantasy team. I, I think I think quite quite unconscious though, you know. He got he, got he still, he still I know he got that huge elbow to the face. Oh, that is a good it. point. Cause like, yeah, Kawhi is a major, major part of this this team, especially when Paul George is not 
hot and he is not hot a good 75% of the time now. And so thankfully the other night against, uh, who are they even playing? It was the Christmas game, but uh, you know, when, when Kawhi got hurt, they were able to keep it up because Paul George was, was leading that team. He was good that night. It was Christmas. He's a big Christmas guy. You know, he got to do it, but without Kawhi, this team doesn't, they, they don't know what to do, especially when you don't have a second guy who is consistent. So I think that's probably what we're seeing, like seeing in real time right now. But I'm happy because it also proves that like the Mavs are a great team. And when they, they kind of remind me of, uh, it's obviously a little different, but the same kind of culture that happens with the Miami Heat, you know, where the, the um, franchise as a whole is, is a team working team. They might have someone that is technically a superstar, but they don't have that superstar type personality. Um, and you have that right now with Luca, who is like, just like the sweetest personality. Whenever he's in interviews, you can tell he's not really like taking all of the uh, credit for everything. He just seems like an all around guy. You see him playing uh, jokes and making like silly bets with his teammates. So I, I, I am just happy that we're going to be able to see some of this come to life. And uh, again, in real time, Raptors, I haven't really caught any of their stuff because I know I stay up to date, as Taylor said, with uh, our other like podcaster uh, on Hardcourt Honeys is a huge Raptors fan. So I know that if I don't watch any of their major games, I, I stay up to date on what's going on, um, which, you know, I, I want to watch some of their stuff. But now that I know they're like a slow start, I'm not going to put it at the top of my priority list when there's other great basketball going on. Um, uh. But Denver is actually a team that I'm really fond of. Um, everyone gives me a hard time because they're in the same conference as my Oklahoma City Thunder. It's whatever. Uh, I'm it's really fond whatever. of it. It is whatever. Okay. I'm saying it's whatever. <laughs> so it is in my book. But um, I'm a huge Jamal Murray fan. Like, I really want him to succeed. Um, but, you know, that first game, he went one for seven, not making that first basket until the fourth quarter and then on the Christmas day game he didn't heat up until the end of the third quarter that has to change because you know you like he is a great player um but did he just get lucky in the bubble and kind of come to life too early uh, yes. I don't know oh hey I don't think so I think we're gonna see more from him but uh you know but I I do like watching Denver as a team I also I like their second string guys I think they're just fun to watch um and they're a little bit older than my thunder because my thunder are literal babies right now so they're a little awkward and uh so that's that's a whole thing like watching the team last night I felt like a couple of times they're like am I playing basketball? And I'm like, yes, you are now in a professional basketball league in the United States. Like, please play it. So that's why I like watching Denver's. They're young guys that actually look like they know what they're doing on the court. Uh, but yeah, I have hope for, for uh, all three of these teams. Slow starts are nothing nowadays, right? Like we won't even remember <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, I think, I think depending on how, how, how far this uh, slow start goes from Toronto, we might actually have something to actually find out about how how mentally tough they are as a team we all know how how tough Kyle Lowry is but I mean Siakam was supposed to have a, a career year last year he really kind of struggled 
he he kind of fell into the background and it was Abaka, Kaulari, Powell, even Mark Gasol at points stepped up to kind of bail him out in some tough games, whereas Siakam kind of just kind of faded away, which I really do hope that he does kind of take that next leap. He's probably seen a lot of his, his other kind of friends and stuff around him take that leap. You've seen uh, Tatum have that, you know, thrust upon him almost when Kyrie left and stuff, and he's taken that leap. Um, when Leonard left Toronto, I really thought that Siakam would take that leap as well, because he had all the capabilities and all the kind of right attributes that he could become that next almost Kawhi-like scorer and right. like two-way player, but he's not really kind of taking that on, which I do feel a bit bad for Toronto because I think that they have one of the better coaches in the league. Nick Nurse is just a magician when it comes to timeout plays. Completely. And like some of the stuff he gets them out of, obviously with the aid of Drake, but it, it, it just it boggles the mind. It really does. And I, I think that if they don't get it right soon, I, I really do worry about where they're going to end up in the, in the playoff rankings. I, I still do think they'll make the playoffs, but they might be in that kind of seventh and eighth spot. And I, I don't think they really want to be there. Um, in regards to Denver, um, their second year obviously got a little bit kind of weaker with the, the loss of Plumlee and um, Jer- uh, Jer- Jeremiah Grant uh, obviously went to Detroit. Um, and I-, I thought that with the loss of those two bigs, we would see them go smaller and faster. And mm-hmm. I think that's not really kind of clicking. Um, obviously, they've got Barton back for a, a bit now. Um, he was injured for most of last season. And um Gary Harris isn't isn't obviously lighting up as he used to do, so I think that they really do need to kind of figure out how they're going to use their their kind of background guys to kind of back up or um, and support Jamal Murray when he's not feeling it and when he's not hot. Um, I think that Murray might take a, a few games to get into his stride, but I do see him having a really good season this year. I hope um, so. <laughs> um, on on the back of that uh, of the of the comparison between Denver and Oklahoma, I've got to say, I do kind of agree with you there. I think that Oklahoma, they're, they're probably about three or four years behind what Denver are trying to do um, right now. So I do have really good hope for uh, Oklahoma. Obviously they've got, what is it? 17, 18 different draft picks over the next seven years. Yeah. So it's I insane. The, amount of, I don't the insane the amount of draft picks. It's like, they're going to, they're going to be like the, the kid in the sweet shop at Christmas, just sitting there going, Oh, who do we want? Do we want do you want this one or do you want to wait for the next one? I oh, will just trade this one away, it's fine. Um but a lot of their young guys do re- look really, really good players. Um Darius Baisley's having a really good year already. Um I seen that that Maladon guy um last night for the first time and he looked he looked like a really good kind of potential, you know, not star, but a potential two way player. Um I'm not too sure about their young guy from Europe. Uh, what's his name again? Poor uh, we're just all calling him Poku, because I don't think anyone in Oklahoma can say his last name. Uh, yeah. He, I'm a he was like zero for five or something from three. And it was like, stop shooting them now. Maybe it was drive. <laughs> Please drive. <laughs> and then he, there was like a, a, a clip of him. Like, like, I don't remember if he smashed a cup and threw it on the ground, but he was having a little bit of a fit. And I'm like, I, there's just a lot going on, dude. Like, it's fine. You're not going to do great in your first NBA game, but like, also, yeah, stop shooting the ball, please. Yes, <laughs> I think obviously he must have had a chat with Andrew Robertson before he before he stopped for you guys, and was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, that that's what I do. I airball threes. Yeah, I can do that." <laughs> yep. 
So yeah, um, but yeah, I think I think that the most potential out of the three of those teams, uh, obviously now that we've had that that bombshell from the the Dallas game, um, is probably Dallas um, being one of the better teams in, in the West, like we thought they were going to be anyway. I think that LA's obviously the Clippers are going to have a bit of struggle without Kawhi for the next few games, um, taking a hit from his own teammate, which you know it was bound to happen at some point. You know, um, Abaka isn't obviously the most graceful guy in the court at, at, at points, and I think Kawhi both of them really want to have rebounds, um, so obviously that was going to happen. Um, hopefully, Kawhi comes back and he's all right. Um, but I think um, from the Clippers' standpoint, I really do worry about the kind of leadership there. Um, obviously, everyone thinks that Kawhi is a leader, but we know he's not a great kind of vocal communicator. In teams, and he's never really been the guy on any team to kind of, you know, be the person to say, This is what we're doing, this is how we're going to do it. He's more the guy that's, uh, you know, doing it by actions rather than by words. Right. Um, Taylor, what do, you, what do you think about the Clippers' chances for this season? Like, they have, a, they have new players, so they're forming a new chemistry on the team. Because last year they were mixing the chemistry of the year before, which was like the Nick Grit players and stuff like that, with now Diva players and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And all those personalities were clashing and not mixing. Doc Rivers is probably one of the most overrated coaches in the league. I stand by that. Um, I don't care he's got that title. Of course you're going to get a title when you have an in-prime Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, an all-star version of Rajon Rondo. But anywho... Uh, um, just by, by by title, do you mean the coach with the most three one losses? Is, is that ex- the title ex- you're saying? Yeah, ex- yeah. that's what it is. He doesn't know how to close out things, he doesn't know how. I feel like he does real bad with changing rotations. At least last year, he showed it a lot that he just he would stick with certain rotations that just weren't working. Um, I see, I want them to go deeper. But I see them a second round exit again. I don't, right now, I'm still not impressed with what I'm seeing from them. Uh, they have Nicholas Batum starting. So I think that's another issue. He He's not bad, but he's not a, if he's not starting in Charlotte, he shouldn't be starting in either of the LA teams. So, but, but it's, it's Nicholas Batum. He 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 led France to some really good Olympic performances, you know. And he, he was he was vowed it was at thirty million or something like. He was getting oh no, yeah, it, like so. back in the day, yeah. But this is a guy that's been running the back of the bench in Charlotte for the past two seasons. Like er, before he went to Charlotte and he was in uh, Portland. Oh my gosh, there was a chance where the Timberwolves almost had a chance to get him, and I was totally on board with it. And then it might just be because of the Charlotte franchise is just like Timberwolves when it comes to just sad franchises, but he didn't do that well. So I feel like he's just kind of, I'm not, I I hope he's doing better, but like I'm looking at the, uh, the score right now, like the box score with the Clippers and uh, Dallas game and he's not doing anything. He doesn't have like anything on the stat line right now. And so I'm curious, is he just a body on the court or is he actually of some real u- l- real use? 
And then also, I don't know how I feel about Ty Lue as a coach. When yeah. you have LeBron James as your star player when you first start coaching, I think you get a little bit of a head start with it all. So I I don't know how I'm gonna how I view Ty Lue with it. The one thing that I feel Ty Lue can do is handle all the personalities. But when it comes to the rest of it, I think a lot of times he let LeBron do his thing in Cleveland. So Second round exit by Clippers, and once again, another underwhelming season. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Shay, do you, do you agree in this, or have you got no stat on there? No, I'm, I'm pretty much on the same page. I mean, I think that the Clippers, right now, the, the biggest thing with them is that they, they have all the right parts. I don't know if um, the coaching is really where it's at. And uh, so I, I'm a little nervous because – when, again, when, when Paul George is hot, he's a great wing sh- shooter, um, but he's only hot 25% of the time. Uh, and to be the second guy on a team, uh, to make it to not just the playoffs, but to the finals, you have to be more than hot 25% of the time. So I, I'm, I don't know. I honestly, as much as it pains me to say it, because I'm all for these small market teams, the underdogs making it all the way and, and surprising us. Uh, Miami's not really a small market team, but I liked the fact that they were underdogs that no one suspected to make it all the way last year. And they did Uh, as much as I love that kind of storyline. I right now, it looks like a Lakers repeat possibly in the West, Uh, even with the West being as packed as it is. It's just like they have, a lot of the right parts and uh they have I, I guess a decent enough coach but you also don't need as much coaching when you have the chemistry down and they have the chemistry down and that's that's scary because that's what the Clippers are missing yeah definitely I think like like I do have to agree like the Clippers seem to have looked at like almost like a magic formula to try and get them to that the finals and every single year that Doc Rivers was in charge it seemed like oh, if I just add this one more piece, he will solve all of my issues. I won't need to do as much. I won't need to rely on this one guy as much because I've got this guy to help him out. And it never really seemed to be his fault or it never really seemed to fall on him that he might be the issue behind it. And I do agree that I don't think Ty Lue is the answer either. I think that, you know, getting Ty Lue almost, you know, it, it, it solves the issue of, you know, how do you manage uh, the kind of diva, players with uh, PG and uh, Kawhi but it doesn't solve what is your game plan because every single time I watch Clippers and when I watched them a little bit last year uh, especially when I, when I watched them in the playoffs they seemed to be like a team where it was give the ball to either Kawhi and PG and everyone else get out of the way hopefully Montrez Harrell, Harrell get an offensive rebound and it will put back dunk and that, that really seemed to be it there didn't really seem to be a whole lot else their whole kind of system of you know how do we close out games was the exact same for when Doc Rivers had Blake, DeAndre, and uh, CP3. It was just, let's try and pray and hope that we hold on to this lead and don't blow it again. Um, so I do, I think that they might end up just getting, you know, not pushed to the side in, in this first or second round, but they'll, they'll come up against a team who will want it more and a team that will be much, much better organised than they will be, in my in my feelings anyway. Um Moving on to the last little bit of kind of a look back at the the games that have been, um, I've been saying it since last season. 
Um, Golden State, you know, they're they're not they're not going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> I said it last year. I won a bet from James. I said at the start of this year, <laughs> they're not going to be a playoff team, and it's come to fruition pretty much already. They've had two real big blowout losses, and I think it's going to be a long, long road. I just I don't see the fact that Steph Curry can make five minutes of of three pointers really help them when they can't stop anyone and they have no one else to help them. What's your guys' thoughts, Shay? We'll come to you first. I, you know, we actually just recorded our like new episode and kind of talked about something similar because uh, Steph Curry is coming off of an injury. Uh, on top of that, he's coming off of not playing in the bubble. Uh, you know, there's, there's so much that 2020 has done to all of us, but especially as athletes, there's just a whole nother level of uh, training and, and things that just disappeared for a certain amount of time. So I think that expecting Steph Curry to come out and be at the same level is already so much pressure on him. Not to mention the fact that we didn't know Clay was going to be out this season. So that was just a like total out of left field thing for the Warriors to deal with. And, you know, I know Draymond's out right now too. So that's, that's hard when you're trying to readjust to playing the sport that you are injured from and you don't have a teammate that you feel comfortable enough because, you know, Katie's gone. Uh, Draymond's out right now. Clay's definitely out right now. So for Steph to come in and feel comfortable on the court again, we're like, that's not going to happen right now. That's just not. And, and for him to expect that from himself as well is too much pressure. I really think that right now, what in order for the Warriors to be the best that they can be, they need to almost do like a mini like rebuild in their own like personal sense and their own attitude towards how they approach the game. And uh, that starts with Steph Curry kind of being like, listen, like we're not expecting to go out and, and make it to the playoffs because again, that I think puts a little bit less pressure and makes it to where these guys can get used to playing together. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have a lot of hope for them to make it far, to be honest. Yeah, I, I got to say, I'll pick up on the fact that you've referred to Draymond Green as a basketball player. Did he not do karate or a podcaster or something? He was definitely something else. He wasn't a basketball player for the last couple of seasons anyway. That's definitely true. Not. That's true. He, uh, but... He's been on like the TNT He's been with the TNT guys a couple of times, like doing journalism. So yeah, I think maybe he's found his true calling. You know, he can maybe. he can take he can take uh, Chuck's spot definitely. <laughs> At least he'll be, he'll be able to beat Shaq in a free throw contest anyway. So he'll be able oh, to do no. that definitely. <laughs> Taylor, what, what's your take on uh, the Golden State situation? See, Golden State. So Timberwolves are my favorite team, and then it's Dallas, and then it's. Warriors, and that's always how it's been ever since I started watching NBA basketball. So it really kind of pains me to see it. Um, I'll go and like different uh, NBA fan pages I'm on on like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I'll see a bunch of Golden State fans holding out with Andrew Wiggins, and I just I just go to them and I'm like, you don't know what you're really gonna expect from this kid. It's once every four games you'll see him go off and then like he'll get like 26 points and he'll get six assists and five rebounds which for him is a great game and then the next game he's gonna shoot 
four for 16. He's going to have three turnovers, two rebounds, and an assist. And he will be a defensive liability the entire time. So is that is that, is that not better than Kelly Oubre though? Still, well, no. Ex- those are your <laughs> those are your two and three options. Like Kelly Oubre is a better looking version of Andrew Wiggins when it comes to play style. Like they just that's all it is. They they play the same. They're both athletic freaks of nature. Um, thing is, Andrew Wiggins is naturally talented, and he totally wastes that away. Uh, while Kelly Oubre I can, has, I can sense, worked. I can sense the years of hurt in your voice right there. Right. <laughs> and see, the thing is, I was pro Wiggins like his entire time here, but then when we were able to pull the trade off to get D'Angelo Russell for him, I was just like, oh my god, we want, we want a trade. The Timberwolves want a trade, and then Golden State fans are like. Oh no, we didn't need D'Angelo Russell anyways. Wiggins fits our system more. And I was like, yes, you guys didn't need D'Angelo <laughs> Russell. But saying Wiggins fits your system more is like saying like Shaquille O'Neal works great playing next to Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. Like, no, <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't. So I like his family Wiggins family still lives in the Minneapolis area. Um his family's great. He's not a bad kid either. So like, I feel bad always ripping him, but it's just, he was such a letdown. He just has no intensity for the game. And now we have D'Angelo Russell, which our fan base already loves. Cause he's got this swagger to him and this cockiness that Timberwolves players don't usually have coming into the team. Andrew Wiggins is a complete confidence player and he's playing behind the two most confident people in Steph Curry and Steve Kerr. And he's still not getting any, they're still not getting production out of him. Like Wiggins is what he is. He's an inconsistent scorer that is super athletic and is very lackadaisical with his play. And Kelly Oubre Jr. is a pretty boy that can jump. <laughs> he can do that really good run into the stadium, though. I'm really liking yeah. that. That Naruto runs really. It's just it's, the, it's almost it's up there with the Steph Curry. I'm going to shoot from the third row now. That there's no one in the fans, and you know, make some like half court shots. It's, it must be great to kind of see that at the start of games, and then just be like, right, I can leave now because I don't want to see this game that's going to go ahead because it's going to lose by forty. <laughs> I will give uh, a shout out for Wiseman though. They're rookie. He's he's doing real well right now. Oh yeah, yeah. It, he's he he looks like he looks like a baller, an absolute baller. And I think like um, there's a lot of chat um, between me and James about were Golden State going to trade that pick, but I think they did the right move in getting Wiseman, you know, and keeping him, not trading that away. Hey, lots of questions for this team because, like Shay said, there's a lot of wrenches that got thrown in right with the season with the injury for play and everything then having to trade for Kelly Oubre which then messes up chemistry it's a team that's trying to find an identity that's really what it is right now yeah yeah definitely definitely I I think that I think that um what she was saying earlier that they need to kind of look into themselves and think about what they really want out of this season obviously no one really wants to see a kind of Sixers slash Suns total tanking season but 
would that be really the worst thing for Golden State to do at this point? I'm not really sure if that would be the worst outcome for them. I think they just need to get a bit of kind of actual good basketball under their wings and, you know, use their young guys as much as possible. That's my feelings anyway. I can see them getting in like the tenth seed and getting into like the play in kind of position, but with all this stuff now, I don't see them actually like being in the top eight. Yeah. 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 Um, right. So I think that kind of takes us nicely on to the kind of look ahead for the next week or so. Um, I think, um, was there any kind of um, games? We'll go like to each um, for games that we kind of really want to have a little bit closer look at. And um, we'll come to you first, Shay. Um, was there any kind of two games that you kind of like look of um, coming up in the next week? Oh, gosh. I, I have to look at the schedule. I know that's bad, but it's like I just know that there's like um, NBA basketball every day. So it's like I wake up and, and just look. Um, I say that, but then I didn't even know that this Clippers Mavs thing was going on. So um, let's see. Well, I do know um, – I'm trying to find the schedule. But I do know I want to try to catch some Hawks games. Um, I haven't been able to catch one yet just because, like, I really like Trey Young. Um, I go to the University of Oklahoma for my master's. And so I have a Trey Young shirt that I, I like to do, you know. So I'm like, you know what? I need to support him in his professional career as well. So uh, I would like to see how that works out, especially with their new additions to the team. Because in again, in theory, this looks like a scrap, scrappy team that should work around Trey Young as a point guard. Um, so... I say that, but then I look and I'm like, Atlanta at like Detroit at Atlanta. No, I don't want to watch the Pistons. Like, you know what I mean? Why like, not? Somebody... It's the Pistons. <laughs> well, you know, talk about another OU grad. It's like Blake Griffin. Oh, no. oh, I, wa- I, I, I watched, I watched about 10 to 15 minutes of the Detroit game. I think it was last night or the night before because I, I um, drafted his. Um, because I thought, oh, he's my last pick. I might as well just use on his. He seems like he could be a really good baller. And that 10, 15 minutes, there was 15 post-ups by Blake Griffin. I was like, oh, I don't want to watch this anymore. So, yeah, that's it's a hard watch. If you if you do end up watching the, the Detroit games, it's a very, very hard watch. Well, well, Timberwolves already had their first game against them, so we already got that out of the way. I think. Out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so... Now that I, I also see, like, Orlando is going to be at Oklahoma City. That could be a possible another W for us. Uh, you know, one of the only of the season might be nice. But also, uh, you know, it might seem like an uneven matchup, but Atlanta is going to be at Brooklyn. I think that might actually be a really fun one to watch. Um, weirdly enough, I played 2K earlier, and that was the matchup we did. Uh, I was Brooklyn, and my boyfriend was Atlanta. And uh, – Trey Young got like eight threes and completely obliterated the Nets. So, you know, it's like possibly that could happen. And honestly, I would love to see the Hawks beat uh, Brooklyn. But e- even then, I think it could be a good matchup. And and uh, those are Tuesday and Wednesday. So I got good games coming up. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I think I think like the Hawks could be one of the few teams that could compete with them at a firepower that the Nets do possess. Exactly. The fact that they basically just went out and got all shooters, you know, Gallinari, um, Bogdanovich, Herter's still throwing up bricks from everywhere. So, you know, it's it's insane how much how much shooting they have on their roster. It's just 
will they have enough defense to offset the fact that they just seem to be quite, you know, sh- like shoot heavy and like ball, yeah, ball reliant as a team. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's a really good. That'll be a really good kind of watch. I think. What about you, Taylor? What, what's your what's your two standout games for the upcoming week? Um, so my first one that I'm curious with is on Tuesday. It's Toronto versus the Seventy Sixers. I feel like this is a playoff matchup right here. Oh, nice. It's a 2-0-76ers versus an 0-2 Raptors. I want to see how um, see how the Toronto Raptors can bounce back from the shaky beginning. And I feel like that's a real good test is against the 76ers. And then the other game I'm really looking forward to is on Friday, which is – I think it's Friday. Let me check. Um, yeah, it's – uh, Friday, it's uh, Heat Mavericks. I'm really excited for that game. So, because uh, I am, like I said, second favorite franchise of all time is the Mavericks. So, and then whenever Mavericks go against the Heat, just because of the history they've had in the finals and stuff, I'm always on board for it. Oh yeah, yeah. I That's think like <laughs> yeah, I think I think it'll be quite good to see as well to see if Doc Rivers can really actually you know pull off a bit of an kind of upset. Um, against a much much better head coach, because um, obviously he's he's he'll be in an unnatural position where he'll actually have the on form team slash better team um, against Nick Nurse and the Raptors. So it will be it will be a good kind of test to really see how he has got that seventy sixers lineup going. Um, my two my two games are actually the same games because it's almost back to back. Why is back to back? It's uh, two games uh, that are Bucks v Heat. I think that those two games could be absolute, you know, barn burners for like how much scoring there's going to be and how intense both kind of sets of players will be because that is basically the Eastern Conference Finals that we never really had. Um, so that 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 will be really really good to watch, in my mind. What's your thoughts, guys? Yeah, no, definitely. I think. I mean. I, I need to get more into watching the Bucks. I don't know why, but I have like a mental thing about watching them. And for some reason, I just don't want to. Um, so I, I need to get better at that. I don't know if, if you guys have that for other teams where it's like, you're like, you hear they're playing and you're like, nah, I'm fine. The Bucks. well, for me, the Bucks, it's a, it's a Wisconsin thing. Them being the neighbors uh... for Minnesota, like. There's a lot of just like either I'm indifferent to the teams they have or I'm like, screw this team. And the <laughs> Bucks are, they border the screw this team to I'm indifferent to them. I like Giannis. Giannis is a good dude and stuff right. like that. I like Drew Holiday's always been one of my favorite players. Chris Middleton's great. Like they got players I like. I just, it's the franchise. Like, right. I just, don't care because it's Wisconsin. <laughs> they can go eat their cheese curds. And... <laughs> Just, I, yeah. I, yeah, it's Wisconsin. I'll leave it. I got to. I got to say, like the Bucks are one of these kind of teams where I, I want them to do well, but then I remember that they've got Coach Bud at the helm, and he just he can't put it together. He has really good seasons. He's he's notorious for having really good seasons, but when it gets to playoffs. He can't. He can't string two wings together. I don't know what it is. He just has this mental block, and I think it's the whole fact that he relies so much on the same plays throughout the regular season, and he has no that. He doesn't really have that plan B or C. And I think like with the the way that the Bucks have lined up their roster this year, he still won't have that plan B or C. He got rid of all the kind of pieces that he really need to keep 
to almost develop that plan B to kind of take them to the next level. So I really do hope that, you know, it will be entertaining. But I, I don't see them going that far in, in the playoffs when they get there, which is a shame for them, for Giannis, you know, because oh, no. for, for, for his brother to win the ring before he, he did is just, it, it's, it's just something he's never going to let, let go, is he? Oh, no. No. Nope. I wouldn't at least. I'd be hanging that over his head. Yeah, you got that, those trophies, but I got the chip. Right? Uh, <laughs> I got the chip right now. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think I think we're kind of we're kind of done for this evening, guys. Thanks very much for coming and chatting to us about your thoughts on the on the the season so far and the upcoming schedule ahead. And um, just a reminder, folks, if you guys want to check these guys out, they are uh, Hardcore Honeys is on Spotify and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, really anywhere. Yeah, any anywhere you can find podcasts, um, Hardcore Honeys with it. Look for that on Facebook. HCH or HC Honeys at Twitter, Hardcourt Honeys on uh, Instagram. Yeah, just yeah, look for us on those things. Cool, cool. Um, well, that's it's been me, Ryan, um, Taylor, and Shay. I think we'll kind of leave it there. See, you, see you later, guys. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.